Thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Good morning. How many of you are glad to be here this morning? Okay, now what about the rest of you? Maybe not. How many of you are excited to be here this morning? Okay. Who of you dreaded being here this morning? Anybody ever dread coming to church? You don't ever dread coming to church? You know, have you ever have you ever had those mornings where you've dreaded getting up and being here, and then after you've been here, you leave and you're like, that is exactly what I needed. So you're not gonna admit, like you're not gonna raise your hand and admit that you might have dreaded. But I know more than likely somebody this morning got up and they're like, the last thing I feel like doing is getting ready, getting dressed getting out, I mean, like, we're fixing to get the kids in the car, and it just, like, torrential rain pour all of a sudden, and I'm like, really? Like, we're doing this today? You know, sometimes we just have those moments where we're like, I just don't feel like this today, and and when you come, and, and you put your heart into it, and, and you, you worship the way that maybe God calls you to, or you just, you allow your brothers and sisters to encourage you and lift you up through their worship, you can walk out and go, man, that is exactly what I needed. So if you're in that place this morning, know that I get it. I understand. God understands. And he says, I've brought you here so that you can be lifted up and brought to a, maybe a better frame of mind um, as you leave this place. So that's that's good. I'm just, I'm just glad that you're here this morning. So this morning, we're going to, I, I'm going to do uh, about three weeks along this idea of deeper in prayer. Um, Jonathan's actually going to preach next week, so I'll preach this week and then come back the next two weeks after that. But I've been, I was thinking about what, okay, so we've, we went through Thessalonians together and I really enjoyed that and we've talked about holiness and I really enjoyed that and I thought, what, what, what kind of can go next with that idea and, and trying to continue this, you know, kind of overall theme of, of growing more like Christ. And one of the things that I thought about was this idea of prayer, uh, praying, um, Praying is one of those things that as we talk about it, think about it, and, 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 and maybe even try to practice it in our faith and in our walk, that prayer in and of itself seems simple, right? Talk to God. Talk to God. How much simpler can that statement be? Talk to God. But at times, praying and talking to God can be one of the most difficult things you do in your faith. Do you believe that? Finding the words to go to God with can be very challenging sometimes. So what I want to do is take a few weeks and maybe look at prayer from a few different angles, maybe, and especially this morning, from a text, from a passage, that when you read it, I promise you, the first thing that's going to come to your mind is not going to be prayer. That's not going to be the first thing that comes to your mind. But I want to use that to dig a little bit deeper, to go a little bit deeper in this idea so that we can grow in our faith, grow in our holiness, grow in our image of God and our likeness of Christ so that we can live deeper lives all the way around. As we get ready to do that, though, let's, let's go to God in prayer before this lesson. 
God, we thank you for our time together this morning. We thank you for the chance to just open up your word today and to study and to dig a little bit deeper. God, we pray that we open up our hearts, that we allow your spirit to go ahead and settle into our hearts right now, God, as, as your words are going to be read and taught today. Allow, allow your Holy Spirit to move us and convict us and, and challenge us and push us in the directions that we need to go in our life. Be with us, God. Help us to just be as holy as we can, to be as prayerful as we can, to talk to you whenever we need you, which is always. Help us to pray continually, God. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for this moment that we've had to gather around your table. We just thank you for this time. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. How many of you love music? How many of you love music? Music's an interesting thing. I love music. Always have my family. Um, my family has always been somewhat of a musical, ta- musically kind of talented family. Um, it, it, music's always been around, whether it's been my mother's mom who loved to play piano and um, could, could, just, could just play piano by ear. Always blew my mind. She could listen to any song and then sit down at a piano and, and could just play. And it was always, that's, I mean, as, as much as I love music, that's something that I didn't get. I didn't get that ear to just hear something. She didn't know what the notes on the piano were necessarily. She didn't know anything about the keys, like what key signature it might be in. She didn't know anything about time. She didn't know any of that stuff. But she could just sit behind the piano and just play anything. And it just always, like, I was always so jealous of that. You know, I, I wish that I could do that. My brother's got that a little bit more than I do. And then my dad's dad was always a great guitar player and and singer and and he taught me um to love uh bluegrass one of the thing one of the reasons that I love uh singing at church is one of the same reasons I love singing bluegrass and it's because I love harmonies oh I love harmonies and I love um one of the one of the most interesting ways and and harmonies to sing is barbershop quartet harmonies it's 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 just different but it's beautiful and it's fun. But when we just think about music, music is such an interesting thing because music in and of itself um, is so powerful. Music is ageless. Music is ageless. How many of you that how many of you have a favorite song? How many of you have a favorite song? Like five of you? That's it? Just five of you. It's gonna be a long lesson, y'all. Y'all, y'all gonna have to get y'all gonna have to get more engaged here. How many of you have a favorite music group? How many of you, your favorite song and favorite music group is older than I am? I'm 38. Yeah, yeah. But how many of you, when you listen to that group or that song, you feel that age that you first ever heard it? You feel 15 again. You feel 12 again. You feel... um, I got a lot of music that I think about, but there's a couple of things that I think of. Um, New Kids on the Block. Okay, that was kind of like my jam when I was like my kid's age, okay? I was big new kids on the block. And when I hear new kids on the block, I think about, my mind goes back to um, my great-grandmother's garage when all of my cousins would come in and we would take the tape player out there and and put the tape in and play new kids on the block and sing and dance together. I, I just think about that. Um, music is ages. No matter, no matter how old you get, those songs can take you back to that moment, when I was 14, 14 years old, the fall of 1998, how many of you are younger than 1998? 
younger than 1998. Chris, you're not younger than 1998. You're older than 1998. Okay, so some of you weren't even not weren't even born in 1998, and that's fine. Um, but my freshman year of high school, I'm like the only freshman on the drum line, and we would run out. We would we would create with the band a power T because. Knoxville did it, so we had to do it because we were the Tigers. So we made a tee for the football team to run out. And I'm out there, and I'm nervous as all can be. I'm in my band uniform, okay, and, and I'm, I'm standing out there. And over the loudspeakers, um, they start playing um, Welcome to the Jungle. Y'all play that here, too. We play that here, too. But every time I hear that song, I go back to being 14 years old, I can smell the football stadium. I can hear the sounds. Okay, I can feel even the anxiousness. Music is powerful, isn't it? It's crazy what music can do in the, in the way that it just triggers those thoughts in our mind. Music also has the ability to affect our mood, doesn't it? Can you be in a bad mood and listen to certain music and it puts you in a good mood? Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about this in class Wednesday night and I said, what does music do or how does music affect your mood? And Will goes, well, it depends on if I'm going to work or coming back from work of how it affects my mood. You know, it does that for us sometimes. But music is just this amazing thing, okay? Music is this amazing thing. So it is of no surprise to me, it is of no surprise to me that as I pick up Scripture and I begin in Genesis and I read through the book of Revelation, that I find that music is important to God. That music is important to God. That music is a very spiritual thing. I believe we all understand that. Matter of fact, there's an entire book of the Old Testament that is nothing but songs. Nothing but songs. And the majority of them are written by who? David. David had this knack. He, he had this, this knack of, of, of poetry and of rhyme and of, and of lyric. And when, when David was struggling with something, when David was excited about something, when David was just in a certain mood, what would David do? David would take out what we would call a pencil and pen or he would open up the notes on his phone. That's not what he did, but it's the same idea. And he would begin to write songs. He would, he would take his mood. He would take his experience. And he would translate that into song. And those songs that we call psalms, those songs became the songbook of the people of Israel and even worked its way into the fabric of the song of the New Testament church. And even to this day, even to this day, we still sing the songs of David. You open up your songbooks and go to the back and there's scriptural references of where these songs are from. The book of Psalms is, is greatly um, represented in even the songs that we sing today. The use of songs is, is, is so powerful, especially in a spiritual way, because number one, it has the ability to change the way we think. It has the ability to help us worship and to bring us into the presence of God. But as we think about this idea of prayer this morning, I want to challenge you with the idea that song, excuse me, songs have the ability to deepen even our prayer life. 
Songs have the ability to deepen our prayer life. Most of the time when we think of singing and we think of song, we think of worship, don't we? When we think of, there's, in, in, our, in our worship this morning, we've had times of song and times of praise, and that's one way of worship. And then we've also had times of prayer, and we look at that at other ways of worship. But what, what I have come to understand and have come to think and realize in, in, in my walk is that ways of worship they intermingle sometimes, don't they? They intermingle. How many songs do we sing that are actually prayers? How many songs do we sing that are actually prayers? Uh, a song that we've introduced a little bit. We've not sung it a whole lot, but we've used it in a couple of, a couple of moments. It's the song, I Need, or In Need. I'm sorry, In Need. And it's a song that Acapella, Praise and Harmony, has put out here over the last few years and it's, the, the statements are, in need of grace, in need of love, in need of mercy flowing down from God above. That is a song that's sung, but what are those phrases? Those are very prayerful phrases, aren't they? I am in need. And so this morning, I want us to take a little bit of time, and I want us to go to a text that, like I said, it's going to be very familiar to you, but I'm probably pretty sure you've never thought about it, this particular text and the idea of prayer. And so that's going to help us draw a little bit deeper. So go ahead and open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to lay the context of what we're fixing to read as you're getting there. So in the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, uh, if you were going to give it a title, if you were going to give it a title, you could give it the title of general Christian principles. Like if you were going to give it this big, like, you know, title to put general Christian principles, okay? There's, there's, there's some kind of doctrine in there, but it's really just kind of, you know, God wants you to live this way, and then here's the application of these things, okay? So in chapter 1, chapter 1, we get this outpouring of praise to God, and then kind of starting in chapter 2, we get some of these, these, these ideas, these kind of general Christian principles. And then around chapter 4 and verse 17, Paul begins to go from teaching the principles to teaching the application. He's saying, okay, so, so you got, this is how awesome God is. This is what he's done for you, and this is what he expects of you. And now this is how you live because of that. It's the application side. And in the middle of this application side, side we run into chapter 5. And we run into the, to the, to the beginning of this section. It's not going to be what we're going to have on screen yet. But we get to the beginning of this section. And he says in verse 15, be very careful then how you live. Okay, so he's really into this, he's really into this application right now. He's really giving you the how. Okay, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Um, therefore, do not be foolish, you know, but understand what the Lord's will is. And then we get into our actual text, the morning, okay? And this is what he says. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, just as in chapter 1, and I love how he does this, just as in chapter 1, he says, this is about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're going to praise Him. Now, as we get into chapter 5, and we break down this, this particular passage, 
he said it's still about who? He said it's still about being filled with the Spirit of God. It's still about giving thanks to God the Father and doing all of this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's still centered around these three parts, these three um, God, parts of the Godhead. It's still about God in his fullness. But as we look at this, as we look at this, I see two things that he tells us in, in our particular passage this morning. So, so the first thing, as we see here in verse 18, he says, do not get drunk on wine. So he's going to give us, he's going to give us this idea. He's going to say, this is how you once lived. Okay. He's going to say, this is one option. This is one way to do it. And he's going to say, but you don't need to. You, if you're going to follow God, if you're going to live in the direction of God, if you're going to listen to all the things that we've talked about in the first four chapters, you say when you get to this point, the application is you can't live this way, but instead live this way, be filled with the Spirit. So let's kind of break those two things down. He says, don't be this first thing. He says, don't get drunk on wine. Don't get drunk on wine. And, and what he's saying here at the core of all of this and there's a lot of debate that this passage is used for, but what he's saying at the, at the core of all of this really ties into what he says in verse 15, be very careful then how you live. And he says, don't make unwise decisions, but rather make wise decisions, all right? Don't be foolish, but understand what God's will is, which would naturally be non-foolish things, right? And he says, the way that you do that is he says, you don't get drunk on wine. You don't allow things in your life that keep you from having control of your life. And one of the great examples of that, he says here, is drunkenness, is wine, is alcohol, is substance. And as I was thinking about this through the week, and I asked, some, this question to a few people the other night. What is a drunk focus? What is a drunk focus? He's saying don't be focused in this direction of foolish things, unwise things, of drunkenness. Rather be focused in this direction of spirit-filled things. So it makes me ask the question, what is a drunk focus? Well, a drunk focus is number one, it's a focus that is really not a focus. It's an uncontrolled focus. It's a focus that is wishy-washy in a lot of different directions. James talks, about, um, James talks about being a ship at sea just tossed to and fro because of the waves. It has no direction. It has no grounding. It has nothing that is of benefit, okay? And so when we think about a drunk focus from here, it is an uncontrolledness in your life. You have no control over it. It controls you. There's no depth to it. There's no, we talked last week, or yeah, I guess it was last week about the emptiness of the world. A drunk focus is an empty focus. It's something that will never be filled. But the more I think about that, I think about this. For some of you, the issue is not drunk on wine. For some of you, you can put something different in that. Something else that could control you. 
something else that could take your focus off, something else that becomes something that is greater than your relationship with God and pulls you in a direction of unwise decisions and foolishness. And I don't know what it is for you. It may be work. I just jotted these things down on the slide. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just the first three things that came to my mind. But maybe for you, it's don't get drunk on work. Don't get drunk on relationships. Don't get drunk on hobbies. Don't focus on these things so much that they pull your focus off of God, that they put you in a situation where I have to make unwise decisions to, to further myself in my work or in this relationship, or I've got this hobby and it just causes me foolishness in my life, things that just cause problems and challenges. Don't let the world have control over you. That's really what it's all about. Because I do believe in the context of what he's talking about here, our drunk focus is very individualized. Can it sometimes be things of substance? Yeah, absolutely. And that verse mentions that. And that's an important concept and understanding for us as Christians. Don't let those things have control over you. But we can't just go, oh, well, I don't drink, so it doesn't apply to me. Yeah, it does. Because what are you focused on that's taking your focus away from God? Is it causing you to make unwise decisions? Is it causing you to act in foolish ways? Then you need to get rid of that. That needs to be what you're not focused on anymore. So he says, okay, these are the things that you have to stay away from. All right? These are the things you have to stay away from. As a matter of fact, in verse 8, he says, for you are once in darkness. He's saying those, those things are darkness. So now you need to live in the light. What do you need to focus on? That's what he says. Instead, be filled with the... Say it with me. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That's an interesting command to me. It's an interesting command to me because we, we are used to commands like go clean your room. To us, many times, action or commands involve what? Action, right? I'm going, David, I'm going to tell you to do something. I'm going to give you a command, and then you're going to what? You're going to go put an action in place that fulfills that command. That's kind of our understanding of commands in a lot of ways. Are you with me? Are we on the same page? This is yes. This is no. This is I went to sleep. Okay? All right. So he's telling us here, be filled with the Spirit. Now, my understanding is, a lot of times, am I able to fill myself with God? I have a no. I'm not able to initially fill myself with God. Now we're on the same page, right? But it's true. I'm not able to initially, for the very first time, to fill myself with the Holy Spirit. But does he say, fill yourself with the Holy Spirit? What does he say? Be filled. Make it more. All right? And so I want you to understand, the Holy Spirit comes into you when? Acts 2.38. When you become a Christian, when you're baptized, he says you receive the gift of what? Come on, Bible people, come on. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right? So once you become a child of God, what has been given to you? The Holy Spirit. We're all on the same page. We're getting there today, guys. Ephesians chapter 1, if you flip your Bibles back. 
in verse 1. Well, I'm sorry, in verse 13. He says, you are marked with him, with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So you already have it, and now he's saying there's a purpose for it. Okay, I'm telling you what the purpose is, but now he's going, not only do I want you to have it, I want you to be filled with it. And that's, I love that. Because you get to decide how much of the Holy Spirit you have in your life. You get to decide how much of the Holy Spirit you have in your life. It's totally up to you. And I've talked to a lot of people that are just like, I just don't, I just don't feel the Holy Spirit. I just, I just don't feel a connection with the Holy Spirit. I don't feel Him moving in my life. Well, my question then is, is that because of Him? Or is that because of you? When you're thirsty, what do you do? I go get water. I get something to drink. And if you don't get something to drink, what are you going to become? More what? You're going to become more thirsty. We understand that. And Now, if you're at home and you're thirsty, and you go all day and you don't have anything to drink, whose fault is that? Is that the water's fault? Is that the water department's fault? Is that your sink's fault? Whose fault is that? Yours. How many of you, how many of you make sure every day you're fed and you're watered every day? Some of you are fed and watered beyond compare. We all make sure we take care of those needs. So we understand that idea. If I feel disconnected from the Spirit, maybe it's because I'm not doing the things I need to do to be filled with the Spirit, to take the Spirit and make Him grow within me. He's already there, all right? He's already been given to you. But Paul says at the end of 1 Thessalonians, you have the ability to put the fire out. You have the ability to, to, to hide Him and to keep Him from growing. But then he also says here in the book of Ephesians, you've also got the ability to make Him grow and to make Him stronger and greater in your life. And there's three ways in which he then says that you do that. And it all, or most of it, revolves around the idea of song. It revolves around the idea of song. So let's think about this for a second. What is a spirit focus? A spirit focus starts with speaking to one another. What, what, is our, what does our text here say? He goes on and he says, hey, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So there's our command. Be filled with the Spirit. How do we accomplish that command? First, speaking to one another with what? Psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, or spiritual songs, as some of your translations say. So psalms here, most scholars believe that the word psalms here is a reference to guess what? The book of Psalms, that it was still being carried in and used as the songbook of the church. And then hymns, this is just general songs, but then also songs that were maybe given from the Spirit, uh, maybe through a spiritual gift in this particular sense, but songs that are, spirit, are definitely spiritually focused. And he says the first thing that we do with this is we use it to sing to who? What's the first... What's the first group of people we, because we're always about, it's about singing to God. But in this particular text, he said the first thing that you do with it is you speak to who? One another. 
You speak to one another. I love that. I love that. I'm going to say it again. I love that. But here is what we do so many times in, in so many. Okay, if you're in a group of people, actually, let's, let's, let's back it up and do it this way. It's Wednesday night. It's time for the closing prayer. Nobody's listed for the closing prayer. The song leader goes, after we sing number 472, I'm going to ask, and we all know what the next phrase is, so-and-so to lead us in closing prayer. Here's what all the men do. If I don't look at him, he won't look at me. I'm not going to engage with him. And you're going to call on that one person that makes, the first person you make eye contact with, Gary. You know, like you're going you're to hit that first person that makes eye contact with you, all right? But there's something about engaging with each other in worship. Sometimes we're engaging with each other in a very personal and intimate way. Sometimes it makes us uncomfortable. And I get that. But I want you to know this morning that the way that you sing to God, you're also singing that to me. And vice versa, I'm singing that to you. And the purpose of that is for us to encourage one another, to lift up one another, to show you that I care about you in that way. And even the songs that we sing are, are geared in that way many times. They're written in that way. And, and so we have this idea of speak to one another. Um, we have the idea here also, two more ideas, singing and making melody, okay? And then giving thanks. So I've jumped the gun in my notes a little bit. Let's, let's go here. All right. What can a song do? If, 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 if songs are a part of who we are as Christians, the first thing I think is powerful from this passage is it awakens the presence of the Holy Spirit. Songs awaken the presence of the Holy Spirit. All right, it's that idea of filling us back up. And, and I love the words that he uses in this passage. I love the words that he uses in this passage. He says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, he says, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Now singing, we understand what singing is, and this idea of making music or making melody, and you've heard this before, it's that, that, that language literally is the language of plucking the strings of the heart. Making your heart make song. And this is what I hear. This is what I hear, okay? You can hear something different. That's fine. This is what I hear. That as I allow myself to be filled with the Spirit, I become an instrument of praise to God. I become an instrument of praise. And that idea is all throughout Scripture. One passage says that we're God's masterpiece. We're God's workmanship. Like, we get that. But as we allow the Holy Spirit to fill our lives, to fill our hearts, to fill our soul, it turns us into instruments of praise. And not just in this room, but everywhere we go. And our songs reflect that. Our songs reflect that. What I want us to do is I want us to sing a little bit through this because I want you to connect songs to these ideas and then we're going to connect these songs to prayer as we, as we go through. We've already sung this song once, but I want you to think about this song. This song is just what we're talking about. We invite the presence of the Holy Spirit. What does this song say? We sang it right before the sermon. I will what? 
I will call upon the Lord. I will ask Him into my presence. I will ask Him into my life. I will ask Him into the things that I'm doing. I want you to sing this with me, okay? I want us to, to sing this song. And as you sing this song, I want you to think about what we're doing. That in this moment, we are living out the command of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we are trying to ask the Spirit of God to awaken in our lives. So sing it that way, okay? Sing it with that heart. Let's sing. And the purpose of this song is to awaken, to invite the growth of the Holy Spirit within us. But this song is also a prayer for us. And in moments of your life where you feel disconnected, in moments of your life where you feel separated from God, here is a song of prayer. And maybe you sing it before you pray. Maybe you just pray the words that I will call upon the Lord. And allow this to become part of that prayer life. And we'll connect it more here in just a moment. Let's keep going. We touched on it and kind of got out of order here a little bit. What can a song do? It allows us to speak scripture, praise, and spirituality to each other. Now, I asked the question to start with, is there anybody that doesn't, didn't feel like being here this morning? Is there anybody that didn't feel like being here this morning? And I have had those moments. I've had those moments. I've had days where I just, I didn't want to be around people. Okay, I was tired or, or, or maybe just, just feeling drained in a physical way and in a spiritual way and just didn't feel like I had it within me to even to get up in front of people and, and offer any thoughts on Scripture. Like I, I was just, I was down. And I remember one Sunday in particular when we were in Kingston. And I mean, it was, it was probably the lowest I had been in a long time and the most I had dreaded being at church, okay, in a long, long time. But that particular morning, I sat very close to a good group of friends and we all were pretty decent vocal singers. And as we worshiped together that morning, and as our voices blended with each other, my attitude changed. I could feel the Spirit moving within me. We spoke to each other through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And when I left that day, I left maybe by the time I got, by the time I was by the time I was supposed to preach, man, I was fired up. I was ready to go. I've never had that big of a swing in my emotional state prior to worship into the middle of worship. But it was all because of our singing with each other, and to each other. And I wonder if we really get that. I wonder if we really think, uh, not we, you, make it personal. Make it personal this morning. Look around the room. 
Look who's here. I'm serious. Look around the room. Look who's over here. Look who's over there. Some of you over here may not even have any clue who's sitting over there this morning. Half of you don't even know who's in the balcony today, okay? Like, and, and the balcony can't see, but like half of you. But do you think about the idea that when we're singing these songs, we sang a bunch of wonderful songs this morning. Do you think about the person on the other side of the room? Do you? Are you thinking about Ron this morning when you sing, I will call upon the Lord? As you sing, I need thee every hour, are you wondering, does Brian need something? Is this a song of prayer for him, a true prayer song? Are you thinking about each other? Because that's the first living out of the command, is to think about one another, to do this together, to bring us to community before God. I've got a song here I want you to think about. I like the words. What's the first three words here? We praise thee. But most of the time, we sing as I praise thee, right? It's not communal because I'm not thinking about you. We praise thee, O God. I want you to stand with me and let's sing this song. because This is the idea of us singing with each other to each other for the same purpose. You ready? to be seated unless you just want to stand up with me the rest of the time. What is this song about? This song is about us singing together praises to God and a prayer to God. What's the last phrase? Revive us again. It's that community revival in a very, very powerful way. The last thing a song can do is it can express our gratitude to God. It can express our gratitude to God. We're just going to sing this song. I think that the song and the idea connect in such a powerful way that there doesn't have to be a lot of explaining here. So let's just sing this together. Thank you. 
There are times in our prayer life, in my prayer life, that I don't even know where to start. That I've got so much on my heart. I've got so much in, on my mind that there are, there are so many connections that I have with people that are in need of things. And those requests are powerful. And sometimes I don't even know where to begin. But what if in our prayer life, what if we began our prayer with praise? What if in those moments before you come and dump all of your needs on God, you start with, for all that you've done, I will thank you. And not just that, God, but for all that you're going to do, I thank you. For all that you've promised and all that you are and all that has carried me through. Jesus, I thank you. See, these aren't just songs. These are prayers. These are things that you can use to help your mind and your frame of thought get to a deeper place of prayer with God. And it's something that you do as an individual. And it's something that we do as a community. And our songs of praise are not just a thing we have to do in worship to make it right. Our songs of praise are not just an individual part of worship, but it's that moment, it's, it's, it's interwoven with songs and with praise and with prayer. And if we use it in that way, it'll bring our prayer life to a deeper place with God. So we'll read it together one more time. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, say this with me, be filled with the Spirit. How do we do that? Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing and making music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, I love singing praises with you. I love that part of our worship. I love song. And I hope when you read this passage from here on out, you'll find the deeper meaning that's laying right there for us to get deeper with God in our walks. Let's go to God in prayer. There is beyond the azure blue, a God concealed from human sight. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to join us again and until then remember we are a church of Christ 